Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, the first show of 2023, mm. and it's already the 10th of January. Yeah, halfway through already. But welcome back, because a lot of people were concerned. They write me about their concern for you, by the way. Yeah. Because they're like, where, why they don't bother me. Well, they're all concerned <laughs> that, we had, that we, we had two weeks consecutively of non-live and best of shows, and everybody was wondering, oh, my God. John got caught up in that storm system. Yeah. Something bad has happened. Yeah. It's not true. Well, the storm systems, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty rough in some, some parts of the California, but not here. And um, did you get anything? Did you have any, just a, just a, a yeah, we had a little hail today. We had oh, a hail. Really? It's, it's kind of rains and then it stops and then it rains and it stops. It's not like a downpour. It's like nothing biblical. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Well, but, but the totals are good. The totals are good because it's it's consistent, but it's not overdoing it. Because when it's overdoing it, like it just rains, it like it dumps a foot, hmm. let's say, in some places, not here, and uh, that that's too much. So instead, it dumps a you know a half an inch and then it stops, and then it waits and then dumps another half an inch and stops. It's great, actually. Hmm. Interesting. So, well, the good news is you're well. You're you're all accounted for. Your family's good. House is still standing. Cars do not have any. Golf-sized balls from the hail <laughs> through the windshield or anything like that. No. All right, so, folks, stop writing me. He's fine. He's fine. All right, so the warm-up, we got to get happy. So, oh, by the way, is it New Year for you yet? Is it Christmas for you yet? I keep on forgetting what the no, dates we, are. We, we wiped out New Year's and Christmas on January 1st. Oh, there you go. It's all done. Did you stay up to midnight? Did you watch the ball drop? Well, I didn't watch the ball drop. I watched the fireworks, though. It was clear as a bell. Uh, so you could really see the fireworks. There's some fireworks in the Bay Area. Mm, nice. Well, uh, here we are. The Fed is still uh, walking the walk, talking the talk, talking about how they're going to raise rates. Nothing is different. Everybody thought that maybe 2023 would be here, and poof, the Fed would be gone. But no, they keep on keeping on. And the idea that inflation is going to be under control is possibly uh, still a far fantasy from some aspects. Uh, coming up, we have a holiday on Monday. Martin Luther King Jr. Day is observed. Is that coming up? That's this coming up, 16th? This coming up on this Monday, yeah. So we've had uh. the Christmas Monday. Christmas Day uh, was celebrated on Monday, that uh, 27th or whatever. Then we had the New Year's Monday that was celebrated yeah. right at the end of the year. And then one week of a solid week of work, then back to one week having four days again. Huh. So it's it's pretty good. This is a great setup because you get these long weekends. I yeah. Like well, especially if you take off thir uh, the 13th. Mm -hmm. Who wants to work Friday the 13th? Yeah. So I think I've uncovered one of the greatest scam ever's. I'm calling them Keep Them Fat, which we're going to talk about tonight. And we have the, uh, finally, after uh, many, many tries, McCarthy is now the official Speaker of the House. That was easy. Yeah, well, it's not as bad as it's been in the past. The, the running the, the running joke was that, oh my God, Matt gets Matt Matt gets stayed interested in something over fifteen. Yeah. 
But that was something. I mean, this I think that was a record. Wasn't it a record 15? No. Well, how many votes is the it record? It went for two and a half months back, and I think it was in 1836. Oh, boy. This doesn't. So this Not, is Yeah, there's a couple of days, so there's oh, nothing. This is minor. nothing. This is nothing. Just keep on giving. I mean, if the problem is that this is going to be remembered now in modern day that you can actually go and uh, push to get what you want if you're in the right position. Well, it only works when you have such a th thin margin. Yeah. If you had a normal margin, if the Republicans had won what they should have won in the midterms, which is maybe a 40-seat majority, they wouldn't have happened because 20 people can't hold it up. But with a, with a five- or six-seat majority, a two-seat majority, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't take much to, to, to put the brakes on it. Mm -hmm. And they did. Uh, speaking about uh, putting the brakes on it, back at the end of last year, in the end of 2022, markets rolled over pretty hard into the end. It was a crappy ending. November, October were good months, and not November, not so good, but October, October for the record books, great. Quarter was good overall for equity markets, but the problem really came in uh, in December where everybody was just like this, rolling it down, taking their profits. I had thought that there was going to be some problems because, I think I mentioned it, because the concern about where a lot of people would want to take tax losses, tax loss harvesting, they call it. It's a fancy word. And basically what they're doing is saying, you know what? I got this stock that I really like. It's down 45% since I bought it. The hell with it. I'm selling it right now on December 15th or any day towards the end of the year. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that tax loss on it. I'll buy it back January 22nd, 31 days after you sold the stock to get away from what's called the wash sale rules, wash sale. Yeah. It means you can't buy it back. You can't sell it at the end of the year and then three days later buy it back. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll dis discount that uh, particular sale. So you won't get the tax loss, but this way, if you wait 31 days, you get the benefit of the tax loss. That's good. Now there's lots but of taking a chance on January, you okay. know, which is I'm supposed rallying. to be, yeah, January often rallies. January it determines, you know, another kind of a myth, I guess. The way January goes, the market goes. So if the market's going to go up, and you might think it's going to go up in 2023, a lot of people do, uh, you'd expect January to be a hot month and you'd lose your deal. You'd, yeah, they say as, as goes January, so goes the year. Yeah. So that's uh, been proven to be one of those things that's said but doesn't happen. Well, it happens once in a while. <laughs> well, the markets are up, uh, you know, what, 80% of the time. So the likelihood of it hitting yeah, on. It happening is going to be high. Is, yeah. Pretty high. We have a 3.5% unemployment rate, which is pretty amazing considering all the layoffs we've been hearing about and the slowing economy and the fact that we had a uh, two quarters of consecutive losses, negative GDP, and then one that just popped up. The idea there's going to be a recession coming up. The idea the Fed is moving in hard. All this is happening, and still, unemployment is holding up really well. So, I don't know. It, it, this, this came out last Friday. There was some excitement about it, even though the unemployment rate dropped, because the average hourly wages came down as well. So, they were 0.6, I think, last month. They were revised lower to 0.4. This month came in 0.3. So, everybody's excited that people are making less money. Because if they make less money, the Fed's happy that maybe they're not going to push the inflationary button too much because they have less money. 
They're not going to yeah. change prices. Sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> Just, you know, hey, how great is it that things are going down the shitter? Hey, let's buy <laughs> yeah. stocks. Let's exactly. buy stocks. There, There is some, I think there's some reasonable precedent for, well, I, I think there's some reasonable, reasonable uh, concepts if, if we think that things are bad and stocks are down and they get really much worse and we start getting towards the end of that just when it feels really bad or into that really big valley that maybe it's a good time to buy stocks. But as we are now, I have a fascinating table to show you about where I see valuations from a very simple, as I call it, dummy math, back of the napkin, quick spreadsheet of where prices should be. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, earnings are starting this week. We got JP Morgan, Wells Fargo. We got Citigroup. We got Bank of America. This usually starts off with a very confused time. <laughs> Banks come in. It's very difficult to understand what it is that they did or didn't do, what they're hiding. They're bankers. That's what they do. They're creative in their accounting. Yeah, especially at Wells Fargo. Oh, yeah. Big news on Wells Fargo tonight as well, too. We'll talk about that. Uh, and a recession probability yield curve is still very inverted. And, you know, it's not just the, ah, uh, it dipped into inversion. It is full-fledged, on its back, hunched over, all facocked, inverted. And that is a pretty good precursor or predictor of a recession. Now, what kind of recession? Because we keep hearing this, 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 this nonsense of hard landing, soft landing. Nobody exactly knows what any of that means, by the way. Is that, what is that, what is, do you know? Hard landing, soft landing? Well, no, not really. I mean, it's it's a landing, you know. <laughs> well, I, I guess what the I guess a hard landing, you know, makes it, it makes people put somebody in pain. I don't know. Yeah, so it's basically jumping off a roof, and one of them you just splat, and the other one there's a, a giant net underneath, where you get off the roof, things are really bad, but you bounce up and down, or you have a parachute on, maybe still falling off the roof, but it's a lot less painful. I think what they talk about with soft landing is the concept that we are going to go into a, a shallow recession that is a technical recession, you know, maybe two quarters of negative GDP and maybe a slowdown of... Uh, you like the last one that everyone denied? Yeah, exactly. And, and then more so, you also have a slowdown in various sectors and your unemployment rate comes down, but it's not like an 8% unemployment rate. It's more like a 4.5% or 5 maybe, which is a long way from where we are now. So, yes, a little review of uh, where we were last year. I put some tables together of the asset classes of 2022. I'll put that into the little chat box room here. Um, and what we have is a situation where, did that work? Eh, my chat's not working here. I got to update. Hmm. There it is. Uh U.S. stocks, I'll take this first one, okay? U.S. stocks down 19.21%. That's the broad range of uh, U.S. equities, large cap. Global stocks, ex-U.S., this is kind of interesting, down 16%. Much worse a situation outside the U.S. Meanwhile, our stocks got hit harder. The bond market down 13%. That's the uh, Bloomberg Barclays aggregate. Global bonds down 16.25%. 
real estate down a whopping 25%. That's the REITs. Pretty bad overall. Yeah, I say. You right. can't win. And now that is your cue to take on the regions. Well, it's interesting because the because U.S. stocks are down uh, 20, well, almost 20%, while well, the globals are down 16, reflecting the ones you just mentioned. But the emerging markets are down, which is a good investment opportunity, 20%. They're mm-hmm. down more. They're the most hit emerging markets. And then the Europeans down 15 and Asia Pacific is down 17. But the other surprise on here, it seems to me, is Latin American stocks are up. I think some of that has to do with Brazil and the price of oil and the fact that Petrobras is a big position in there and some of the other commodity-based and and energy-based countries, maybe. I'd like to see that broken out. Yeah. Whatever the case is, it's up almost 9%, which is the only green uh, uh, block in the whole list of assets you have here on your – uh, from equity styles to regions to asset class. It's here's, the only one. Here's the one I don't understand. Seriously. European stocks down 15%. The dollar is up incredibly strong. Yeah. The fear about a massive war in Europe is going on. And they're down, and they're in a, their economy can't withstand a recession like ours can. And they're down 15%, and we're down yeah. 20 Yeah, is it possible that maybe before this, if we looked at the year before, uh, a similar chart from the year before or the year before that, that they've already been beaten up, and this is about as far down as they can go, and this is really a kind of a misleading? It could is be. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, definitely could be. European stocks have lagged. U.S. stocks have definitely won out for a long, long period of time. That would have to be my guess. Yeah. Because otherwise it makes zero sense. Yeah. Uh, equity styles, we got a large growth. Here's the big loser. We had the large cap growth, the technology, healthcare, or biotech down 33% last year. Large blend down 19. Large cap value. Large was down, blend. That's the, the exact. So if you take, let's see if this works. 33, see that one? Then you add two down. So it's 30, 35, 30, 33, 35, 36. And then break it in half. It should be like eighteen. Well, a, bl- a large blend is a is a usually the combination of large value and large growth. So the blend is fifty and fifty. But it must be well, at least serious. large value, which is you know says something for people who are value investors, right. which I guess they still exist. Yeah, yeah uh, is only down two percent. Right. Um, let's see here. Uh, large blend. Okay. So mid cap, small cap. Here's what's interesting. Small cap, um, blend was down. The small caps were down less than the large caps. Again, showing that there was a tremendous amount of movement into those large cap names, the Apples, the Teslas, the Googles and Amazons over the last number of years. And they just fell out of bed. And that was a big, big issue. Now, the sectors, if you look at that next chart, push this in here. Yeah, sectors. So, consumer cyclicals, these are the retails, the stores, the people where people go down 36%. Financials yeah, only down 10. Bashed. Yeah, materials down 12. Real estate down 26 in the, in the, in the sector side. Um, uh, communication services down 37%. 
I think. Yeah, it's a whopper. I wonder if, I think Facebook is in that. Mm, somehow I think Facebook's in that particular. Maybe. I think it's like the social medias and all that. Energy up 64% for the year. Not bad. Yeah, thank you, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, industrials down about five. Technology down big. Defensive, uh, consumer defensive, you know, staples. Procter and Gamble's, the Johnson and Johnson, you know, not down very much, just flat for the year. Healthcare down only about two percent because everybody still needs to do things. And utilities up one point four two percent. I think you'd expect that to a degree, you know. Maybe now, here's my outlook. I'm surprised it's not higher because of the energy costs going up. But they just pass it on. That's the whole point of you of utilities. Yeah, I know, but they also pass on the margin. I mean, they, they all, you don't just pass on the. It's not a one for one deal. You do it as a percentage, and you should make more money. Mm. Seems. I mean, don't you? you? Isn't that the way you do it? You do, but they have such power to just increase that it's it's. People look at it as dip, different than uh, and they're usually local. The U.S. based, right? It's not like they have a lot of issue with the differential with currencies. It's only U.S.-based. I just think it's a low number. Okay. Uh, take a look at this. So here, here's a couple of points. A couple points. This next chart. Next table. I think there's two basic components of valuations that we have to look at. You know, there's a lot of people look at all these, you know, enterprise value and EBITDA and EBITDA with this or this with minus and this on that. They look at book value on banks and and, and, and enterprise um, and um, uh, uh, PE ratios and all this other stuff. Well, it seems to me that generally speaking, when we look at a stock, an average stock, there's two things that go into the calculation of what the stock is worth. And more so when we look at a market, stock market entirely, there's two components that play a major role. One is earnings. How much do they make? And the second one is the confidence that the growth in earnings will be maintained for a certain period moving forward. And that also goes into the idea of how much of that growth of earnings, right? So is it a large growth over time? Is it just stable growth? Or is it going to start losing money or losing the growth or, you know, making less? So you follow me on this? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, the PE is the typically the PE ratio usually is supposed supposed to reflect the year over year earnings. Yeah, and and uh, uh, increase in percentage. Yeah, and then there's things like peg ratios that you could look at and compare that to what the growth is. Okay, so earnings last year were two hundred fifteen dollars in total for the S and P five hundred uh, constituents. So what happened was that analysts now have to make an assumption. Well, what's what's earnings going to be next year? Well, they're coming in about two twenty five. Now, what's interesting about that number is it's more than two fifteen. In a time when we have higher interest rates, consumers pulling back, manufacturing and services going into contraction, the potential for recession, and somehow we have two hundred twenty five dollars is the analyst estimate of earnings for two thousand twenty three. Let's go with that. Who are we to argue? Now, the multiple, the multiple, which is, I think, the confidence of growth is currently at about 17 forward, 17 times. So, in other words, people are willing to pay 17 times the, uh, the, the average or 17 times the total price of earnings for the year. So, it's 225 
times 17, and we get about 3,900. Now, take a look at this, this table here. What this table shows is just three different levels. Nothing fancy here. The S&P earnings of $220, $225, and $230. Right now we're at $225. Now, usually in recessionary times, multiples come down. What you see is that multiples go from 18 to sub-15. When we have things that are generally okay, the uh, multiples, you know, around 17 over time. So here we are in a time when, again, things are slowing down. The word of the street is that numbers have to come down, earnings estimates have to come down, but still, we're at 3940 or so on the S&P 500. And if you look at this table, the only way we're anywhere near there is if we have a $230 earnings and a 17 times multiple, 17.3, and then we're properly valued. I do not understand how that's possible. What Even do you mean? I don't think 225 is achievable. If we're at 225 and a 17, we're at 3825. That's a good 3% lower. Okay, big deal. But you got to reduce down the potential for a multiple if we're going into a recession. So just take it down to a 225. I'm going to say well, you're that. You're making the assumption that we're going into a recession. Everything that I see looks like it. Yeah. Well, you've been making that argument. Yeah. So. And we just had new numbers come out. But with, this is this this what they're saying here by with their numbers that they've already given out and what they're predicting. They're it's like maybe that everything points to a recession, but these numbers don't reflect that. So this is bull bull crap. Which part? The these 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 projected numbers for the S and P. Right. So well, that's exactly what I'm saying. So I'm saying that if we if we somehow manage to do. Um, something like uh, 225. Let's just say we somehow magically are able to come off with that. I mean, is a 17 multiple even right? And if it is, we're still 100 points overvalued, but maybe a 16 is right. Now we're 10% overvalued. At 3,600 is where it should be. But I'm, I'm making the case that this somehow we're at 225, which I don't see happening. I think it's going to be less, less, like 215. But even if we don't do that, let's just say we stay at 220. And we go to a 16 multiple with 12% overvalued. So you're saying the S&P is going to fall by 600 points is what you're saying. It's going it, to, it seems to me that it, it needs to come down a bit. Yes. Yeah. That's the bet I'm making right now. Now, that's not every single stock. That's not the whole deal, right? That's not everything. That's just that the S&P, now there are going to be pockets. That's why we think that, you know, the value side, especially if things start coming in, are going to continue to play out well. And I think financials will take over for where um, energy left off. Not not at the same level, not that 60% run, but financials will have a better shot overall. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, the, what you look at here is that um, there's just a lot of excess, uh, I don't want to say exuberance, but positivity right now. It's it's odd that we're so high where we are. Right now. So you think people are deluded? Deluded. Yep. I think these analysts are going to come in, and they'll they'll do it slowly so they don't look stupid. They'll keep pace with what's yeah, that's happening. What you do. I I, I I worked in a lab. I do that stuff like that. You make a huge mistake, and then you 
can't just undo it. You have to like ratchet it back to what it's supposed to be mm -hmm. over time. All right. So nobody sees. So that's called sweeping under the carpet. All right. Employment report. We saw that. Uh, 235 new jobs added. Manufacturing jobs lagged. U.S. dollar sank. Metals rose. Yields came in. Uh, gold and silver have been on a nice tear for the last couple of months. Pretty yes. interesting. Yeah. Now, one of the big things we saw that the GDP, the last look was uh, nice and expansionary. As a matter of fact, the third revision came back and that was looking pretty good. It was much higher. I think 3.6% for the GDP for the quarter. However, one of the things that didn't happen for a while was the fall of and, and the rollover of the services index. So 70% of the U.S. economy is service-based and about 30% is manufacturing-based. If you look at this ISM composite, you'll notice that we are finally, first time since, uh, let's see here, first time we rolled since 2019-2020 uh, into contraction for the blended index, which com is, again, comprised of 70% uh, of services and 30% manufacturing. And that happened just last week when, in fact, the services finally rolled over. Uh, I think it was a 49.6 or something like that. Why is this? Why is this? Because things are slowing down. This is, uh, uh, this is a, a, a blended composite that I created to look at how the entirety of, because you usually get two reports. One is the ISM service index and one is the ISM manufacturing index. And we know that they're not really equally weighted and representative of the U.S. economy. It's about a 70% mix towards services and 30% towards manufacturing. So this is your chart. This is my chart. Okay. Based on, but based on the numbers. Based yeah. on. No, I assume that. Yeah. So that red zone's the uh, kind of uh, in the, well, contraction is really 50. So, uh, but it's definitely in there. Definitely popped in that contraction zone. So that is another look at what's going on with regard to, uh, you know, the economy. Then you got the Fed. And understand the Fed today said something very important that I think people may have overlooked. He was talking and he said, he, he stressed that central bank policy members are remained, remaining committed to wrestle high inflation and keep it under control, even though those methods that they utilize can prove to be politically unpopular. And he, and he seemed to infer in the speech that he's not backing down, even if it hurts the economy. He said price stability is the bedrock of a healthy economy and provides the public with immeasurable benefits over time. And he, he talked about how you need to keep politics out. So I think that if we can unpack that for a second, it says to me there's somebody pecking at him in the back politically to change his tune. Yeah, they're probably pestering him to not raise interest rates anymore. Yeah. That's what Trump would do. So I have to assume Biden's doing the same thing. You think that he's saying, hey, you know what? We really didn't have, uh, 
we don't have a great uh, administration here, and we're really uh, walking on, on on eggshells. And anything you do to help us out, by yeah, something like that, something like that, right? Got your job through us, you know. You want to, you know, to, you know, rub uh, one one hand scratches one back scratches the other. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, here's that Whatever. favor I was Whatever gonna call. Phrase. Here's that favor I, I told you I was gonna call in. Yeah, I'll call in. All right, Elon Musk call. always in the news, right? Can't stay out of the news. No, uh, he's a he's a uh, news whore. So here's an interesting story that came out. Tell me what you think about this, okay? This this uh, I'm just gonna read it to you. You tell me what you think. Richard Branson said that Elon Musk showed up in his kitchen at 2.30 a.m. He said he woke up in the middle of the night to find the SpaceX CEO barefoot in his kitchen downstairs with his fast asleep baby and a staff member supposedly let him in. It seems like there's missing uh, parts of this story. What? What is this? Was... Was Elon sleeping over or did Elon? Where does Branson even live? But this is the day before the, the night before he's going to, he must've been wherever they were going to do that uh, launch. It was the day before the launch. The launch is probably out of Cape Canaveral area. I'm thinking is, doesn't he launch from there or where did he launch? It's so weird. It's just so weird. I know he did. He may have done a launch at Vandenberg, but Branson's not at either place. That I know of. Who, first of all, has staff that's letting people in at 2.30 in the morning? Or 2 o'clock, enough time to have some cookies. Uh, and just... who, yeah, who, yeah, there's a good, yeah, good point. Who's, uh, what's if happening? We don't, that's for sure. And why is Elon Musk showing up at somebody's house at 2 o'clock in the morning? Unless he's sleepwalking. It's so weird. It's so just... Yeah, this story sounds fishy. So weird. Uh, now, Tesla cut its prices in China recently. Big price cut. Big price cut. Um, big backlash. Chinese way. Hmm? Yeah. Chinese way, best price. Well, they were pissed off. Disgruntled owners swarmed showrooms in, in China over the weekend to complain about missing out on another round of price cuts as the company you know, tried to boost sales. You have to know what you're doing when it comes to this sort of thing in, in China. I can't do it like... I, it, if you if you bought a car and two days later it's on sale, you know, for ten percent less, you'd be pissed off. So, would you? Yeah, these kinds of things have to be pre-announced in such a way that the people who st- bought before it happened get a check check in the mail. Well, they don't want to do that so, because then there's more money going out the door. Yeah, but I'm saying if you're going to, you have to do something, you have to, assume, you have to have a, a a grace period. Right. Like you have to you, say something like prices are going, prices are going down, price cut. Well, then nobody would buy. Yeah, would be no, guy. no, you would buy. No, they, no, they would buy if you promised them that you'd get that new price, whatever it is. Say so you don't know what it is. Uh, you'd get that new price if you buy now at today's price. So something like within 30 days of your purchase, if we drop prices, you'll get that, just like stores do. Yeah, it's exactly the same mechanism. The stores have to do that mm-hmm. because otherwise you're right. People won't buy. Right. I'll Tes- just wait. Tesla's are 40% cheaper in China as compared to the U.S. now. Ooh, that's a good deal. Yep. And prices, uh, they, he had to do it because China took away all the incentives. 
China backed off on all their incentives, so it was just really ugly. Too expensive otherwise, yeah. Mm -hmm. So shares of uh, many of the, as soon as this uh, incentive uh, and price cuts came in, all of a sudden there was this weird effect on many of the suppliers that thought there was going to be a lot more business for them. So shiny electric technology was up 8%, and Hengen was up, Magnus was up 9%, and Zhenjiang China Electric was up 8%, Shangdong Jingjing Science and Tech. I just, like, <laughs> I just like saying these things. You're terrible. Shangdong Jingjing. That's what it is, Shangdong Jingjing. Um, the other thing about Elon Musk I want to mention, I think is important, he was the second person ever, he was the second person ever to amass a personal fortune of more than $200 billion, breaching the threshold in January 2021, just after Jeff Bezos. He is Man, also, Bezos is he's also the only one to lose $200 billion. That's got to hurt. Well, you know, there's a bunch of, remember there used to be these guys, what's his name, Bernie Cornfield, or this, these old uh, investors from the uh, 60s, I think, that were well known for making untold millions and then losing it all and then making the same amount back within a very short period of time. They just up and down and it was no big deal. Imagine living like that. Oh, that would be awful. Well, you have to definitely have a different uh, sort of uh, personality. <laughs> it's not a normal person can do it. I mean, to be out on your ass one day and then in the, you know, flying high the next, that would be a little bit tough. Yeah. Little bit tough. Well, your favorite bank, Wells Fargo, had a big announcement today. And I would like to spend a few moments asking you particularly if you can pick out what seems to be problematic with what I'm about to tell you. So here we go. So instead of previous, the bank's previous goal, of reaching as many Americans as possible to fund their mortgages, right? To, to give them money to, um, you know, be in the mortgage business. The company will now focus on home loans for existing bank and wealth management customers and borrowers in minority communities. Isn't there a, what is that? So, so Isn't that what they do now? So it's only going to be wealth management customers Existing bank and minority. What? What? So the only. So the well, only existing bank customers mean they've already have an account. They have an account of any sort. Right. So they have an account. They of any also, sort. And then they have the wealth management side of things. So well, that, they would be to say, why would you even spin that out? Because if that's still somebody with an account. Okay. So you have then. So let's just break. Let, let's let's consolidate this. Ready? They're now going to focus on home loans. For existing clients, right? That's the right one right there, right? And borrowers in minority communities. So what is that? What, why are they splitting out the minority communities? Because God forbid they don't give somebody a loan that's in a minority community, they're going to be sued or something? I have no idea. I mean, it's just, is this constantly this, this, this uh, ESG washing Right, you know, their their morality police are constantly involved, and in, it's just, oh, you know what? We're only going to deal with our current customers unless that customer is a minority community. I mean, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's a ES, sounds ESG. -E. 
not that I don't want anybody to get a loan, but I'm just saying, why, why, how do we, why are we constantly breaking this up like this? It just, it's just, it creates, I think, more, it, it creates more division, it seems to me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe. So as part of its uh, retrenchment, Wells Fargo is also shuttering its correspondent business that buys loans made by third-party lenders and significantly shrinking its mortgage service portfolio through asset sales. And the shift is going to result in a fresh round of layoffs of the bank's mortgage operations. <laughs> so I now, so. this was out today. This was out after the close today. Interesting timing with the fact that they have earnings on Friday. Seems to uh. me that they're setting the stage for, hey, yeah, earnings are really bad, but, 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 look what we're doing. We have all yeah, these things. That's what it sounds like, like to me, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I always think it'd be more effective to have the bad earnings first and then say, well, here's what we're going to do, as opposed to doing it before the earnings. Uh, what's the point? Well, how's that going to change anything? Don't you think it'd be a little more proactive, like, oh, here's our earnings. Mm-hmm. Now here, okay, we've decided we're going to make all these changes. And then they would go, oh, okay, as opposed to making a bunch of changes and then producing lousy earnings. Uh, it seems back-assward. This happens all the time. Companies come out the day before with some crazy news. And then, and there's a few pieces of news that you could really spot before earnings. You're like, oh, God. That's yeah, not well, it's kind of, tr it's kind of like uh, telegraphing the blow. I mean, it's like, it's like giving, it's, Bad news in advance, it sounds like. I, it just, I just think it's dumb. I think it gives the opportunity for some people maybe to hold up the stock into earnings to get the hell out, give them a few extra days breathing room to get out uh, before maybe. it happens. So we have some weirdness, weirdness in tech land, which is, you know, that's pretty much interchangeable, those words. But Shopify is telling employees, cut your meetings. The firm is canceling. Yeah, the exactly. It's what the hell are you meetings for? Why, why are you meeting with people? The uh, firm is canceling all recurring meetings with more than two people and encouraging staffers to decline invitations and detach from big internal chat groups. Which I yeah. So I guess like good the, idea. Like the, 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 the Microsoft Teams and whatever else, whatever else they're using. Big meetings of more than fifty people will get sh uh, sh shoehorned into a six-hour window on Thursdays with a limit of one per week. So maybe they're refocusing on sales instead of sitting around. And probably the fact that they figure that people are in these meetings just playing on their phone games, Wordle, or some circle nutbreaker yeah, yeah, game. See these meetings, it's a bunch of people, they all have their phones out because that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so you, what are they doing on these phones? Looking at their email? I doubt it. Were you allowed to use the phone even though you didn't have a tech, even though you didn't have a cell phone back in the day, way back. Yeah. Imagine saying point. to your that's boss, exactly the point. Say, what you just, what you're going to say. Yeah. Imagine saying to your boss, Hey, I got to make a phone call. Ha, really? <laughs> or how about this? Hey, uh, my wife came to the door. I got to talk to her. Oh, <laughs> stay on the line, buddy. Or my ring doorbell is signaling me that there's <laughs> a dog in the yard. Mm -hmm. So stupid. Yeah. They should load those cell phones up into one of those bags. 
you know, these little security bags that they do in some schools. Oh, the Come uh, into the meeting, yeah. you put the cell phone in there and you pay attention to the meeting. No, mm-hmm. no, no. They don't do that. Everyone's got on their, just no one wants to do that because everyone, no one likes the meetings. They know the meetings are BS. And so they sit on the phone and uh, do whatever they do. What are those special bags called? The, uh, I can't remember the name where uh, it's shielded from. Faraday cage Faraday, bag. Faraday cage bag, yeah, yeah. All right, Salesforce, big cuts in workforce. We can start calling it Fireforce at this point because they've had a first cut of 10% of its employees, about 7,000 initially. Then a day later comes and some more discussion about cost cutting. Then another discussion a day later about more firings. So Benioff sends an email to the employees. A little snippet said, I've been thinking a lot about how we came to this moment. You know, this is this... The CEO being real. Thoughtful you know? CEO. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? The, the, the thoughtful, yes. uh, philosophical CEO. It pains me to write this. You know, that kind of thing. Right? It's like, you know, I it's sat here. It's hurt me more than it hurts you. I sat here hours thinking about what I was going to say. And if I could do it to myself, I would, but I just can't. So he says, I've been thinking about how we came to this moment. As our revenue accelerated through the pandemic, we hired too many people. Leading, so that was like, oh, we, we hired too many people. And thank you. You know, you should thank us for hiring you into this economic downturn we're now facing. And I take responsibility for that. Within the next hour, big, big notice he's giving here, right? One hour. Just to let you know, hour. one hour. Employees who are initially affected by this decision, which probably thought that one hour was the longest hour for any for people for a long time. Uh, who was affected by this decision will receive an email letting them know. Or not even a call. Get an email. The old days, at least they sat you down. Could you, hey, do me a favor, John. After work, can you come into my office? You know what I'm saying? That was the now. It's like you that know. That was like, the old. That's the old way of doing yeah, it. Yeah. Now it's like you get a no. yeah, now. Get, hey, John, wait and see if you get an email in an hour. Yeah, if you get in there, just hang on. Let's see if you're still here. Now they got a, probably a Deadpool going on. Of yeah, for sure. Right. So uh, you got. Uh, they said our leadership will reach out directly to these employees, probably through a merged through email. email. Yeah, an urged merged email through Salesforce and provide clarity for their teams about changes with their organizations. I'm sure there was something else like, please make sure to look because in an hour and 30 minutes, anyone who's fired will be t- permanently taken off the systems and all your technology will be dead. That's terrible. I'll give you an hour to clear out. It's an hour, good at one hour to back up everything you've got onto the cloud. Yep, yep. Steal whatever you can. Yeah, grab the mailing lists. <laughs> grab the mailing list. The old days, you grab the chat, trash cans, if you could, and that was and a stapler. And you're out, out the door with your box with uh, two, two pictures and, uh, and whatever else you had in your drawer, pack of cigarettes. So uh, more layoffs. Amazon, that's another thing, smoking on the job. These guys, they, they, puff, they puff on their... Uh, on their vapes. Vapes. Can you imagine? Hey, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Mind if I light up during the meeting? Huh? Even, even when smoking was, you know, not as not not just not in the fifties smoking, but you know, when smoking was regular cigarettes. You know, it's no, sorry. Um, more layoffs with Amazon. Goldman slashing three thousand jobs. That was out last week. We have big news, the Davos Confab, you know, this big meeting that they have with all the um, elite, you know, the, 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 the movers and shakers of the economics area, the, the World Economics Forum, the, 
you know, the, the, the players that make the rooms, the, the moves. Yeah, drinking club. Yeah, the drinking club, the, the, the Bilderbergs of sorts. Uh, moving it to January from the spring. Uh, I thought it was always in the, in the winter. It was always it used to cold. be in the winter it was, before. It was, I think it was in like March or April. It was still well, cold we, there. Well, it was, it was, well, I, know, I knew some people that used to go to it and they always went, the only reason they went to it is for the skiing. Yeah. Well, you get your skis, you get out there, you can go do some nice Swiss uh, alpine skiing. It's fun. This is the equivalent of Jackson Hole in Europe. So, there's no lineup of speakers. I've looked. I tried to really find it. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm dumb. I couldn't see, I couldn't find the lineup of speakers. So we don't know if Powell's going to be speaking. So usually there's a bunch of these blowhards are speaking. What's interesting is Vice Premier Liu is attending from China, which is a clear message because in the previous years, President Xi Jinping would, would go. And he's not going this year. Hmm. What's the message, you think? The message is, you know, screw you, China. You, you don't treat China right. We're not coming to these things. We're going we're gonna to be sick on of our, it. Yeah, we're going to be on our own. And we're just going to make you nervous that we're going to team up with other players like, you know, Russia. Russia. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't invite them either. Yep. We're not going. You need us more than we need you. Earnings, Lululemon comes out with tepid outlook, stock down 10%. Macy's, ugly, closing 90 share stores, uh, just ugly, ugly numbers. They just go to their stores, they're ugly, the stores are ugly. I haven't been to a Macy's in however What happened long. to these guys? Yeah, I haven't been there, in there. I don't, I don't know. Uh, AI is Most getting- of these stores, you know, you go, I, I went to Target. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. And? And Yeah, they didn't have anything of any interest, uh, I got in and got out. I got, it's just uh, the food section seems to be well-designed, even though it's like, who's going to shop for food at Target? I don't know. And everything's, you know, shrink-wrapped. Uh, you got shrink-wrapped tomatoes, shrink-wrapped everything. Really? Yeah. Huh. And uh, you don't go shopping for food at Target, but they have a lot of food you can shop for. But it was like, you know, there's no buttermilk, for example. What the hell happened there? So, um, the, but the rest of the store, is, you know, there's there's some. So I'm going past. There's like uh, they do have some some art up, some uh, design stuff, and they had this a, a whole section, the women's section, and all the 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 sales uh, material that's up on the wall is. A, I don't want to be fat shaming but what oh. is the point of huge fat women uh as the uh models because uh, there's anything but aspirational uh and it's kind of depressing to see it uh, and it's, you look at it and you go you what's this and uh, it's is like it possible they know their audience i'm just saying you walk around target no, I, you know i go to target all the time and there's not that many big fat people that shop there huh. i mean walmart has that reputation and they can keep it but the uh, no, it's just people, you know, just the general public, and uh, it's just there's something about it. There it was just really st- has the kind of a stench of of pennies on the downslide. Oh boy, really? I'm telling you, I really have the, some issues with this. I mean, a couple of the, the departments are okay, but most of it, the clothes stuff is, and there's nothing to select. I went there with my daughter. We went right through the. There's nothing. There's nothing to buy. And you were there saying, hey. If you want something, you can buy it. 
You you had the, you had the wallet out ready to go. I was ready to buy any. You know, anything. No, there, there was nothing. It was just a really which is which is which is just like Macy's. Yeah, it's hard to buy something there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh. Very see, disappointing. We're gonna see who's next in this whole run up. I mean, many of these stores, like the Dillards and and, and others, are, are are doomed, as I see it. I mean, meanwhile, in Florida, they're still building tons of these outdoor malls with these gigantic stores. Well, they, maybe they should rethink that. Uh, really, no kidding. Uh, and, and and it looks like Bed Bath Beyond is looking for bankruptcy. Party City looks dead. That was well. I bet, bet, there's another one. That's a good example. We we had one here locally. And it just, it folded during COVID. It just closed its doors and disappeared. But I used to go all the time and it's actually pretty, it's nice. So it looks like it's inviting. It's, it's, it's designed well. So you're not uncomfortable when you're shopping around in there. The, the spacing is good, but there's really, again, is it nothing? What are you going to buy there? It's just, they never have anything. Uh, there's no reason to buy stuff. And they're always giving you coupons and some of the coupons don't work right. Well, you give me and, 20, yeah, hundreds of coupons. Um, I, they also own uh, Bye Bye Baby, which is I've a high, been high, high end baby, baby place. Yeah, with these baby. strollers are like twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. My wife calls Bed Bath Beyond Vile. Bed Bath and Beyond Vile. So she calls it. Hates that store. She said it was vile. She calls the store Bed Bath, Bed Bath and Beyond Vile. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She has names for all sorts of things. Uh, AI, getting out of control. First, chat GPT. You yeah. can't you can't turn a corner these days without hearing that, oh, my God, it's so amazing, this chat GPT. You say a few things, and it, 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 it changed my life. You know, I mean, crazy stuff. I built a website with it. I said, I need a website. I want it to be blue. I would like it to be one page and have no words on it. Build it. You know, so whatever. So there's all these things going on with it. Have you used this chat GPT yet? No, I can't get an account. Why? Because it won't send the confirming email correctly. It's got some sort of error in its email. It says, I'm going to, I can spend some, I'll just switch it over to my Google email because it can probably handle that. Hmm. But uh, so I haven't really played with, I have played with the, there is a program out there that, can identify chat, uh, GPT, whatever it is, AI dot chat, whatever the, the program is that you, that's online. It can, it can identify phony baloney essays written for professors. I played, I've looked at that and that's pretty cool. And so it's like, there's a, a arms war going on between the phony AI and the AI catcher. Yeah, I could definitely see the kids and people that are doing reports and things like that. Really? Oh, I'd, I, if I was a kid, I'd be using the thing. I'd just learn how to use it as best I could. Mm-hmm. Crank out all kinds of stuff. So this whole AI thing, right? There's another tweet that came out today from a company called Do Not Pay, or let, that's maybe their tweet handle. It says, listen to this. We will pay any, any lawyer or person a million dollars with an upcoming case in front of the United States Supreme Court to wear AirPods and let a robot lawyer argue the case by repeating exactly what it says. <laughs> That's funny. He says, we have an upcoming case in municipal traffic court next month, but the haters will say traffic court is too simple for GPT. So we're making this serious offer contingent on us coming 
to a formal agreement and all rules being followed. Please contact me if interested. Yeah. What would, sure what's the point of that? That you won't need lawyers anymore? It doesn't make any sense because if you don't have lawyers, who's writing the law? You can have AI write the law? I, I don't understand. I don't know. It, this looks like a publicity stunt of some clearly, sort. Clearly, clearly. And finally, we have two things to talk about. We got to mention uh, that we're going to release the winner of the 2022 Close to the Pin Cup today. So yes, uh, yes, yes. One last story. I thought I thought I mentioned this is something I I, I talk. I found out just just today. I found out about this uh, in a weird commentary discussion I was having with somebody about a company called Planet Fitness. Did you know that Planet Fitness locations give away? This is not an ad, by the way. This is Planet Fitness locations give away free pizza on the first Monday of every month and free yeah. bagels on the second Tuesday of every month. Can you imagine yeah. that? That's a good idea, don't you think? It's a one of the best ideas I ever heard of in my life. <laughs> Keep people out of shape. Yeah, you come on in. That's hey, like have some a, hamburgers while you're at it. Yeah, you, that's, beer. You want beer? <laughs> How amazing is that? That is terrible, but unbelievably cunning. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the idea. It's terrible. Planet Fitness is a funny operation. I think they, it's just a, a pay-as-you-go deal. You don't sign up for a, you know, a monthly fee or anything. I think you pay 10 bucks or something every it's time 10 bucks to up. join in like a dollar a month, something stupid. Yeah, it's really cheap. They must hit you with some other stuff. But you'll never get out. It's like the Columbia Record Club. You never get out. Never. Never get out. Remember that? Yeah. I'm just gonna get the 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 ten CD or whatever back in the day ten ten cassette tapes ten CDs for for a dollar or maybe it was a penny maybe it was a penny and then you were just stuck I mean I still probably have some credit issues today to this day from Columbia Actually, you probably you probably don't <laughs> years ago I took a, a, some seminars in New York from the Direct Marketing Association and we had a lot of uh, information about these book clubs and and that operation you're talking about and they the way they did their accounting is what they they took huge beating for people who just said, ah, screw it i'm not gonna just say, keep sending it but i'm not paying uh it, very common very you, you could have done that and uh you never would get dinged for it yeah how they make money well they didn't they closed down the end i don't know how they made money either that's a weird thing uh, if you love the show, you want to think about uh, helping out the hosts here, well, then a donation is applicable. You can go over to DHM Plugged and type in uh, any number you like under the donate button. Thank you, everybody, who uh, participated in the year-end promotion that we had. Uh, that was great. Thank you so much. Now, what you've all been waiting for. Announcing the winner for the Close to the Pin Cup 2022. John, will you uh, take, the, uh, take, take, take the mic? Yeah, sure. The winner, for uh, anyone who doesn't know, is M Matthew P., who is one—I don't remember him specifically, but he won this thing with a projected price of three, three, four, six, nine, twenty-one. He was off by $322, uh, which is a 0.97% distance from the actual closing. And the runner-up was David N., now, I will tell uh, you that if you look at this chart, see Paul R. on there, about 3.3% there? Yeah. Those last couple of days screwed him, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, those last couple of days is what screws everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
But uh, so congratulations. Is, is it Matthew? It's Matthew. 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 M-A-T-H-E-A-U. Like, how did Matthew. Walter Matthew do his name? It's like Matthew P. So uh, can't have anybody with yeah, easy congratulations. Name. Yep. Great. So we're going to send you uh we got a shirt coming out to you. We got a signed book we got coming out to you. We got a big fat trophy that was ordered today. That'll be coming out to you. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. Let's get into the game. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Yep. Well, we have... Uh... We did not finish off the year strong. Nope. New, new. But we still have a bunch of winners from 2020. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hang in there. Uh, and some from 2021. In fact, Kellogg is up 20.02%. Uh, but the but the way we wrapped the year, uh, we got kicked off Tesla, which I believe was yours. Yep. Uh ended up 120 was down you had you had a on a buy you did and you did end no you ended losing uh you ended up losing 13 percent. and i lost my little uh, penny stock a buck 75 went down to a buck 25 and even with a 40 percent stop it got kicked off mm. so i lost the bundle there and then uh we still have a bunch of dogs that we're sitting on electro core footlocker and home depot yep I Everything one, before that is still still in, green, in, still beautiful. It's not going right. anywhere. Moderna is still twenty three percent, and uh, yeah. defense up seventeen percent. Yeah, hanging back from mid twenty twenty two. I have one pick this week. I'm going to go short the crane shares uh, CSI China. This is the uh, this is the ETF that owns the technology shares that are up like fifty percent in the last two months. Mm. After they were just obliterated for a while, where Jack Ma is now taking. Off the major uh, role of, of many of the yeah, companies. Yeah, they're and kicking him out of this and that. Yeah, I don't so know what he did. Well, he, that's what he gets for coming out. And, you know, this all stems from, right? He yeah, big, publicly, big fat mouth. Yeah, he publicly shamed the government. Not a good idea. It's not a well, good he, idea. He was uh, getting a big head from being, you know, such a genius. And he has a big head to begin with, actually. <laughs> he does. He has a big, a very big head. Big square head. It's weird looking. It's a very strange. It's, it's, it's on the wrong body. Yeah. It looks like how tall is the guy? He's like how tall is Jack Ma? Seriously, I, I think he's four two, four three. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Jack Ma height five seven. He doesn't look five seven. His jawbone looks like it's five seven in width, but he doesn't look like he's five seven. Is he originally Chinese? Yeah, I guess so. He's a Chinese oh, yes, business yes. magnate. Let's see. He's, yeah. he's fifty eight years old. He's worth twenty four look billion. He looks like he's looked like he's in his forties. Well, you know what they say about that. Chinese. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have any stocks for any picks? No, I got nothing. All right. Well, then we're going to end it there. Back on a All roll. Right. Back on a roll. Yeah, we get this this straightened out. Uh, so I'll see you next Tuesday. Will do. See you then. Yeah.
You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stack. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.